Well, Happy New Year. I wasn't expecting this many people here. So, Ronnie, there, there's a good crowd here, Ronnie. You do, you've done a great job. Gratitude. I'm going to talk some about that in a moment. But I want to say a word of personal gratitude to you for being a great church. And I give you a hand for all that you are to me and are to our community. Uh, First Baptist Church Clarksville is in Priscilla and my prayers every week. Priscilla's here. I don't know where she's sitting, but I want to thank God for Priscilla, by the way, for being faithful wife to me, uh, always going to church. You know, she never complained about anything that happened at church all these years. I mean that. Now, after we retired, she talked to me for about three or four weeks, but, but I'm just kidding about that. But she always was positive, and you know, we have a special needs daughter, Melanie, who's to be 49 uh, in April, and she's, we still care for her every week, and uh, she's in a special needs home. And, but Priscilla is such a godly mother to her, and goes to see her daily, taking her food and giving her love, and she used to sit right here. And I, I want to thank Priscilla for getting four children, including a special needs daughter, ready for Sunday school at 8.30 every Sunday and having them here. I want to thank Priscilla for that. And thank you for being a great missions-giving church. Um, your gifts to cooperative program, thank God. You give 10% plus to the cooperative program. I always looked at the CP as uh, our doorway to the world. That's our beginning tithe to the world. And Lottie Moon and Annie Armstrong World Missions is our offering over and above that tithe and all the other things. Thank you for being a leader. You need to know what Ron, uh, Dr. Davis, Randy Davis, said when he was interim pastor here. By the way, thank you for giving me, uh, I think I've got 40 minutes to preach before 1130, so I'm just going to say a few extra words. Uh, Randy Davis, the executive secretary of uh, Tennessee Baptist Mission Board, also known as Tennessee Baptist Convention, told us when he was interim pastor here a few years ago, that he checked the records on giving to the cooperative program by churches of the Tennessee Baptist Convention from its inception 150 years ago. And of all the 3,000-plus churches in the Tennessee Baptist Fellowship Convention, only one church has given more to the cooperative program in those 150 years than First Baptist Church Clarksville. Praise the Lord for that. Now, though that you'll never see all the good that did, all the missionaries that'll go out, you'll see it in heaven, though. And thank God for you who support missions so greatly. And also, I want to thank God for Ronnie Rains. He's one of the greatest answers to prayer I've ever had. Amen? And he's got all the gifts. He's got the love of people. He's got the love of the Word. Great organizer. I've been to staff meetings. I wish I could have led staff meetings as well as he did. I went to one of those, gave a devotional a few months ago, and said, wow, he is a great leader uh, organizationally as well as spiritually. And Ronnie, you're listening, I hope. I love you. Angie, love you. He's one of my dearest friends. We've, he's been here now over two years, and he and I are very, very close. Uh, we even golfed together in Orlando. Did he tell you he did? He probably said he went to spiritual meetings, but he was golfing. <laughs> we went to the spiritual meetings at night, but uh, what a great friend he is, and I love him and appreciate him so much. Now, we're going to preach from the Bible. 
And we're going to look at three books. We, Pat's already read from Luke. Uh, we're going to look at two other books that you have not read probably in a, in a while, Leviticus and Lamentations. That's where we're going. So if you want to have it open to Leviticus 13, Lamentations 3, Lord willing, before the message is over, we will get there. The title of the sermon is Free as a Bird. Now, Pat Van Dyke uh, is one of my dearest friends also for 30 years uh, when he's ministered music in Memphis and the Lord brought him here. In typical Pat style, when he said, oh, that's your sermon, Free as a Bird, we're going to sing I'll Fly Away at the end. Now, that's Pat. And I lived with that for all these years, and he was never hard to work with. Pat's easy to love, easy to work with. I always said he was the best minister of music in the Southern Baptist Convention, and I said that repeatedly. Thank God for Pat. So uh, if you're going to take notes, it's time to do that. We're going to uh, fill in the blanks. Brother Ronnie does it that way. I'm going to do it that way in honor of his preaching style. He's a great preacher, a great friend, a great leader. I got one other thing to say. I always had a, so what do I want to do after I retire? Well, I want to still preach, and I love to preach, and I've got a stack of sermons that the Lord's uh, helped me uh, write. Looking forward to preaching those. I'm interim pastor. But if I ever run out of things to do, I want to be in a church and have the pastor and a special forces soldier go to anybody Ronnie tells me to go to to straighten them out. That's my, one of my goals in life. So <laughs> I love you, Ronnie, so much. Today's message is a gospel proclamation from both Old and New Testament. If you're taking notes, the first blanks to fill in would be this. The New Testament is in the Old concealed. The Old Testament is in the New revealed. Old and New Testament go together. The New Testament's in the Old Testament concealed. From Genesis chapter 3, where we have the first promise of the Messiah in verse 15, the proto-evangel, the first gospel, uh, about the, the bruised heel of the, of the Messiah and the crushed head of the serpent, the cross, and the victory of the resurrection is proclaimed there from all the way through Malachi. The Old Testament's a gospel book. Then we get to the New Testament, and we see the New Testament draws on the Old Testament. And the Old Testament is quoted repeatedly, and the Old Testament is in the New Revealed. The passage that Pat read to you is the account of the healing of the ten lepers. Luke is the gospel of Christ's humanity. Almost one half of Christ's miracles are performed in Luke. There are 40 miracles, approximately, that Jesus performed, perhaps that are recorded in the four gospels. There may be four million, because the Bible said if all the books uh, were, were written in the world that filled the whole world, you couldn't say or record all that Jesus did while he was here. But God gave us those 40. If you add the ones after the resurrection, uh, there's about 50. Luke has 19 of the 40. Luke's the gospel of his humanity. I love the gospel of Luke. Uh, when it's time to read that in my annual reading of the Bible, you're going to read stories in that gospel. You won't read any other gospel. The stories of his birth, his childhood in the temple, his genealogy back to Adam, the good Samaritan, the prodigal son, the rich man in Lazarus, the repentant thief on the cross, the road to Emmaus post-resurrection account, the healing of the widow of Nain, and this story we're looking at today. Uh, the story is about 
men who had leprosy. And we'll look in the second point uh, and look into the, what the Bible says about leprosy. These men uh, were in a severed house. That means they were severed from uh, society because that's what happens when you have leprosy. We probably have a little reminder of that during those years of COVID, and we're still in those years, and we, we do need to be careful about hygiene and those kind of things because that's important. We don't want to spread germs any more than we ought to and wash our hands and all that. You didn't think I'd say that in a sermon, but I said it. Uh, and it's, it's good to think about those kind of things. But these men were cut off from society, and that was one of the problems, of course, with having leprosy. But Jesus never saw a leper he didn't heal. He never broke, went to a funeral he didn't break up. Jesus always brought healing. He always brought joy. Now, G. Campbell Morgan said, every parable of Christ is a miracle of instruction, and every miracle of Christ is a parable for our instruction. That's a great quote. G. Campbell Morgan, every parable of Christ is a miracle of instruction. But every miracle of Christ is a parable for our instruction. So I'd like to look at this miracle of Christ where he healed these lepers and did so much good for them and see what it might have to say with us under three headings as we go into 2023. The first thing it says to us as we celebrate this new year, if you're filling in the blanks, we're in point one. As you celebrate the new year, remember to say, thank you, Lord. Fill that in if you don't fill in anything else. Remember to say, thank you, Lord, for your grace and blessings in Christ. Now, it says in this uh, account of the parable that these 10 men, they were healed just by the word of Christ. He's God. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. He is our glorious Savior. He's coming again. He's going to straighten it all out, and he wants us to take the gospel to the world and lead people to Christ until he comes. And he used his majestic sovereignty and spoke the word and healed these ten men. And only one came back. And Jesus said, were there not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? That would make a great uh, Thanksgiving sermon. Where are the nine? There are 300 questions in the Gospels that Jesus asked. I counted them once. They're, they're there. He, he used questions as a way to teach. Where are the nine? Where, do you think God ever looks down and says, why doesn't anybody ever say thank you? We're always saying, give me, Lord, give me, Lord. And he's, he, he's a good giving God. Let's stop every day and say, thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. I love to, I have a discipline uh, in the morning. Every morning, quote, Psalm 103, 1 through 5. It's a discipline. It's also a joy. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. And I love this next one. Who satisfies thy mouth with good things so that thy youth... Hallelujah. Youth is renewed like the eagles. Thank God. I've discovered in my prayer life, maybe you've discovered the same thing. I really can't get anywhere in talking to God till I begin to say, thank you, Lord, for all you've done for me. It's really not right for me to start saying, Lord, I need this. I need that. Until I've said, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you have done. 
Uh, one of the great writers of 140 years ago or so was Rudyard Kipling. He came to the point in which his writings were so uh, popular that uh, he uh, made a dollar a word. I think I'd be happy with that today, wouldn't you? If for every word I wrote, I made a dollar. That was 140 years ago. One of his friends wrote him a letter and said, I'm happy about your success. Congratulations to make a dollar a word for every word you write. Send me your very best word. So he wrote a letter back to his friend with one word, thanks. That was it. That's his very best word. That's the very best word we can say to people. Thank people. Thank God for people. Every person around you is a blessing. Your wife is a gift from God. Your husband is a gift from God. Your work is a gift from God. Your boss is a gift from God. Your staff is a gift from God. Your children are gifts from God. Everything, even the trials, are gifts from God. So in this uh, parable, we see three subpoints. Thank God for coming where you are to cleanse you and meet your need. Jesus went, said he went to a certain village. Jesus goes everywhere by his word, by his spirit, by his people. Jesus came where you are. He met you in a home or he met you in a high school or he met you in a FCA meeting or he met you somewhere that you heard the gospel. Thank God for granting mercy when all others turned away. Now these, decide, these uh, uh, lepers said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. I find it marvelous if you go into the 18th chapter that you'll see two other people ask for mercy. The, uh, in right outside Jericho, you had blind Bartimaeus in chapter 18. The, the blind men said, Jesus, have mercy on us. And then uh, another asked, the, par- the publican in the temple said, Oh God, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, be a mercy seat to me, the sinner. See, that's the greatest prayer you can pray to God. If you don't know what else to pray, God, have mercy on me. Thank you, God. Have mercy, have mercy, have mercy. He is a merciful God. He is a loving God. He, uh, like good old Jacob, you know, Jacob was not the best fella, and he'd been running from God. He was the trickster, tricked his brother Esau. Finally, he had to make peace with his past. Here comes Esau, and uh, he's wrestling with God, and he's there. And he begins his prayer to God, O oh Lord, I am not worthy the least of your mercies. We have to look at God and say, God, I'm not worthy the least of your mercies. I'm an unworthy sinner. I deserve hell and judgment. But, oh God, you sent Jesus and he shed his precious, rich, royal blood for me. Oh God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I say this with the deepest, with the deepest, with the deepest, profoundest, reverential worship and fear But I say this based on God's word. A prayer to God for mercy is irresistible to God because his word said he would give mercy to the repentant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah for his mercy. Uh, His mercy endures forever. Don't have time to turn to it. Right in your margin, uh, Psalm 136. And you'll see that some 25 times at the end of that verse, every verse ends the with the words, his mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. Say that with me. His mercy endures forever. His mercy endures forever. Say it again. His mercy endures forever. A third time, his mercy endures forever. Somebody's here who thinks you've gone beyond 
the mercy of God. Oh, no, you can, if you're alive and breathing this morning, January 1, 2023, his mercy endures forever for you and for me. Thank God. The third thing under that first point is for challenging you to enter a life of discipleship. For he said to them in verse 14, go show yourself to the priests. Now, I'm going to confess something here. Uh, when I was a little boy, I had some weird ideas about church. Uh, that's okay. I got over them. I still have a lot of weird ideas. But I, when I, for example, in the offering, I would see the, the men take up the offering. This is a true story. I'm up, my wife said, did you really think that? Yes, I'm going to tell, tell you what happened. I would watch those men take that offering plate out, and they'd walk up some stairs, and they'd go up in a little room. I didn't know it was a counting room. They went up there, and I knew there was a conveyor belt that went straight from that room straight up to heaven and took that offering. They turned those plates over. The angels turned the plates over in heaven. Well, missions is kind of like that. Then when I, I first heard this story in Sunday school, Jesus said, Go show yourself unto the priest. As a little boy, I thought, yeah, Jesus said, go in there and say, look what Jesus did. You can't do that. No, that was not the point. That was not the point. The point was, it's in the law. That's what a cleansed leper is supposed to do. So let's go to the second point. As you celebrate in the new year and go deeper in your knowledge about salvation through Christ's blood. There's the underlined part. Go deeper in knowledge about salvation through Christ's blood and sacrifice. So let's go to Leviticus chapter 13. Are you doing that? I hope you will. Now, I know you all read Leviticus last year, word by word. Probably not. We're going to go to Lamentations also. You probably didn't read that. I love, I love to read books and preach from books that I know we, we don't study much because you've got to want to study Leviticus, but Leviticus has got so many wonderful stories and teachings about the blood of Jesus. There are two words that are in the book of Leviticus, blood, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. That's uh, given in there some 70 times about atonement and blood. And it said, Be ye holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. That's in there some 80 times. Leviticus teaches us about the holiness of God, about the blood of Christ. It's a great, and it gives all the, the stories. It only goes uh, about creating Israel, all the sacrifices, all the offerings, all the things that created the Jewish nation. Uh, one, one theologian who I respected said, and J. Vernon McGee quoted him, who I love J. Vernon McGee, who wouldn't. You want a good commentary that anybody can understand, get his six books on through the Bible. You'll be a better Sunday school teacher. You'll be a better everything if you study, study what he writes. Uh, but uh, he quotes the man that said, without the book of Leviticus, there would be no nation Israel. Oh, really? Yeah, he's right. All the sacrifices and, and uh, things that the Jews did and the things they ate and all the, the priesthood, all that was found only in the book of Leviticus. So it's an important book. Now, when you get to the very middle of the book, two chapters are dedicated to the cleansing of the leper. So we're going to go from Luke to Leviticus. What happened when those nine men and the tenth one who finally said, who also said, thank you, what happened when he went there? Let's look at that uh, as briefly as we can, because there's two full chapters of it. But look at chapter 13, of Leviticus, verse 59. 
This is the law of the plague of leprosy in the garment of a wool or linen, either in warp or woof, or anything of skins to pronounce it clean or pronounce it unclean. Now, there you have two Hebrew words, kosher or not kosher. You see kosher, the word kosher, in the grocery store on certain uh, meats uh, that were a Jewish rabbi has said, this is clean. That is, it's beef, not pork, or it's uh, it's not cat, catfish is, is unkosher. Well, I, I've, I've sure broke the law a lot on that one, haven't you? But uh, God said some things are clean, some things are unclean. This has to do with how we become in the presence of God. We've got to be made kosher. And the only way I can be made kosher is by the mercy of God and the blood of Jesus Christ, cleansing me, hallelujah, from all sin. But then there, this was a special... Uh, examination. We go to chapter 14 now. I'm not going to look at every verse, but uh, let's go a little deeper in discipleship. The, uh, by the way, you want to add the words blood and holiness uh, in your notes. The key words in Leviticus are blood atonement and holiness. And then we'll go to the sub points. What, ha- what would happen to those men as they would go and show themselves to the priest? Well, the priest would come there and they had all the 13 and 14 of Leviticus, the very middle chapters of the book of Leviticus, are very specific instructions on what that priest was to do with those cleansed lepers. And it's a picture of what salvation uh, and the process that, as far as our understanding of salvation, how it happens. First of all, admit condemnation, chapter 13, verse 59, pronounce it unclean. So that leper has to admit his condemnation. You and I, to be saved, we have to admit our condemnation. Leprosy in the Bible is a picture of sin. Uh, leprosy is deeper than the skin, Leviticus 13.3. Leprosy spreads to all parts of the body, Leviticus 13.7. Levit- Leviticus is communicable by touch. The priest shall shut him up, verse 21. Leprosy isolates. They dwell alone. Once you were given the, the judgment of leprosy, you could never see or touch another person. You could never touch your wife again. Never touch your husband again. Never t- touch your children again. It's communicable. And leprous clothes and possessions are to be burned in the fire. All these are a picture of sin. God chose this particular disease to show us what sin is like. Thank God leprosy could be cleansed in those days. It's now called Hansen's disease. There are antibiotics, multiple antibiotics that can be used to retard or, or uh, kill this disease. But it's very difficult. There are 200 lepers in America right now, according to statistics. It's still around. But spiritually, leprosy is deeper than the skin. It goes down to our heart. Leprosy spreads to all parts of our body. We're totally dead in trespasses and sins. Leprosy is communicable. It, it's communicated through blood. It's, uh, that is, it's went from Adam to the next uh, generation and the next generation. Your parents were sinners. Their parents were sinners. We're sinners. We're sinners by nature. We're sinners by choice. We're sinners by act. We are spiritual lepers. And leprous people are isolated from the presence of God. They're out of fellowship with God. And sinners shall be burned in the fires of hell unless they are cleansed by the blood of Jesus. We have to admit our condemnation. Someone well said about the gospel. First, the gospel makes you mad. Then the gospel makes you sad. Hallelujah, then the gospel makes you glad. 
You know, first time you heard that you were a sinner, it made you mad, didn't it? I'm not a sinner. Then you realized, yes, I am a sinner. Then it made you sad. You wanted to repent of your sins. Then you trusted Jesus, and it made you glad. Hallelujah for the, for the gospel of Jesus Christ that conquers our leprosy. Then we go to chapter 14, verse 2. Demonstrate purification. The leper shall show himself, be brought for the priest. Verse 8 and 9, third, another blank to fill in, endure examination. So the priest has got to examine these, this person. He sends him away for a week, sends him away to see if he really is cleansed or if this is just a temporary thing. You know, we need to endure examination. If you're really saved, you're going to follow Jesus the rest of your life. Say amen. amen. If you're really born again, you're going to be born again. And the, the faith that fizzles before the finish had a flaw in it from the first. Once saved, always saved, and perseverance of the saints are two sides of the same coin. We're to endure examination. Then embrace separation. Now, then he uh, they makes him shave off all his hair to see if there's anything underneath that, that can't be seen in the hair. Then verse 14, another blank to fill in complete dedication. And if you look at verse 14, it's very interesting. After the man's uh, cleansed, the priest then puts uh, blood on the tip of his right earlobe, on the tip of his right thumb, tip of his right toe, as a picture that you're totally cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. You know, we're to have a blood-tipped ear to hear the Word of God. We're having a blood-tipped, I'm talking spiritually, thumb to do the work of God. We're to have a blood-tipped big toe to do to walk in the ways of God. See, this is all a picture. This is why Leviticus is so wonderful. This is a picture of our salvation, to have a blood-tipped ear, a blood-tipped toe, a, a thumb, a blood-tipped hand. When we come to Christ, we yield to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. S.M. Lockridge said, The hinges of human history turn upon the lives of men and women whose souls are linked to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to do what Spurgeon said, make a beeline for the cross. Go to verse 7. I love this, and we're going to get to the, where we have the title of the sermon. So here's the steps we see in, in the purification of the leper. He admitted his condemnation. He demonstrated purification. He endured examination. He embraced separation. He indicated complete dedication. Now, hallelujah, joyful liberation. Oh, this is so exciting. I, I may start shouting here in a minute. It's okay. Shout. Hallelujah. I've never seen this in the Bible before until a few years ago. You ask, what do, what do preachers do when they retire? They write sermons so they can preach them sometime. I wrote this sermon two years ago. been waiting for the right time to preach it. I'm, I've never preached it before. I'm excited about it. Because we're going to see when you're saved, you're free as a bird. What happens? Verse 5, Leviticus 14. And you hadn't read Leviticus, and you don't think you like Leviticus. I want you to keep reading Leviticus till you fall in love with it. You say, I'll, I'll try that. I want you to. And the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed on an earthen vessel over water. So look at verse 4. Take two birds alive and clean. Here's what happened to that cleansed leper. That priest took two birds. And he also took a piece of hyssop, which of course is how you sprinkle blood, and he took a, a piece of scarlet. I, that makes me think of the robe of Jesus, doesn't it, you? And he took some cedar wood. That makes me think of the cross. 
and he takes, and I'm sure he's got another priest helping, and they've got running water, and they take these two birds, and the, one of the priests takes a knife, and he cuts the throat of that little bird, and he's got in his hand the hyssop, the scarlet, the wood, all picturing the cross of Jesus Christ. And he cuts the throat of that bird, and he puts it under the flowing water. And blood and water, you ever heard of that? Yeah, at the cross, blood and water went upon that living bird. And he took that living bird. He's got that dead bird in one hand, and he's got that living bird in his right hand. And let's read it. Look at it. This is awesome. Verse 6 as for the living bird, he shall take it, and the cedar wood, and the scarlet, and the hyssop, he shall dip them in the living bird, and the blood of the water of the bird that was killed, and the running water, he shall sprinkle him that is to be cleansed from the leprosy seven times, and he takes that blood and water, and that dead bird, and the live bird, and he sprinkles it seven times on the man who's cleansed, and then what happens? Verse 6 and dip them in the living and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over running water. He'll sprinkle him that is be cleansed seven times and pronounce him clean, kosher, saved. But look at the next part, verse 7. And shall let the living bird go loose, hallelujah, into the open field, free as a bird. That's what salvation is. That's a beautiful picture of salvation. Hallelujah. For salvation, when you come to know Jesus Christ, you are washed in the blood. You're no longer under condemnation. Your sins are separated as far as the east is from the west. I like that. You know, if you keep going north, you're going to hit north. You keep going south, you're going to hit south. But you know, you never hit east or west. You just keep on going. That's how far our sins are separated from us. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. Hallelujah. I hope today you can say, I in Christ am free as a bird. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I love that verse. The child of God has a new home in Christ. The child of God has a new heart, is a new creature. Child of God is a new holiness. Old things are passed away. The child of God has a new hope. All things are become new. Now, go to Lamentations. And the last point is the briefest. Now, can you even find Lamentations? It's right after Jeremiah. Jeremiah wrote it. Jeremiah wrote it. It's uh, written a few days after the destruction of Jerusalem by Nebuchadnezzar. It's a very sad book. It's a lament. I say this with tears in my heart and maybe in my eyes before I get through saying it. If America doesn't repent, one day someone will look on Washington and D.C. and offer this same lamentation. We've sinned against the holy God. And if God doesn't punish America for her sins unless we repent, he'll have to apologize to Jerusalem for punishing them for their sins, which are the same sins as our sins. But thank God, in the middle of the book of Lamentations, there's great hope. So the third point is, trust God and His mercy. There's the third point if you're filling it in. 
As you celebrate the new year, trust the faithfulness and mercies of God never to leave your life. That's it. Thank God for all things on the new year. Go deeper in discipleship this year. Read the Bible. Pray. Give more to missions. Go on a mission trip. Take a Sunday school class assignment. Forgive an enemy. And then, as you celebrate the new year, trust the faithfulness and mercy of God never to leave your life. There was a great uh, writer, evangelist, Leonard Ravenhill. I've heard him preach. Quite, quite a man. He's been in heaven a good while, 30 years or so. He made a quote about salvation and about our walk, which has profoundly changed my life. I'd like to give it to you. The greatest miracle of all is for God to take an unholy man from an unholy world, make him holy by the blood of Jesus Christ, and then take that now newly made holy man, place him back into an unholy world, and keep him holy by the grace of God and the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. God is never going to leave you, but he's going to put you back into that world. You're free as a bird, hallelujah, but you're to light somewhere and let your light shine before the, uh, this world and be a witness for Christ and go into the dirty and dark and sinful places of this world and share Jesus Christ and tell them about the same blood that saved you and be the strong witness for Jesus Christ that God has called you to be. Lamentations, you may know it well, these verses, I close with these as far as Scripture Chapter 3, 66 verses, but we go to verse 21. This I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning, great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, and my soul saith my soul, therefore will I hope in Him. Under point 3, the final blanks to fill in. His mercies are never exhausted. His mercies are not consumed. His compassions are always faithful. His compassions fail not. Great is thy faithfulness. What a glorious hymn. His Son and His gospel are only true hope. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, will I hope in Him. So thank God for your applications at the end. Enthusiastically, for your salvation in Christ. Go deeper into faithful discipleship in the Word in 2023. Trust and do not doubt the faithful mercies of God in your life. Free as a bird, let's go out and live like it. I've debated whether to close with a story or what to do. And I'm going to close with this. I want you to be sure of Christ. There was a, two great men in the 20th century. One was named Harry Rimmer. He was an evangelist, scientist. He was kind of the Ken Ham of the early part of the 20th century to uh, show how the Bible was always accurate scientifically. Uh, Harry Rimmer was quite a guy. He even twice, twice made... Uh, Announcements, public announcements that if anyone can prove an error in the Bible, he'll give them $1,000. That was in the 1920s, when $1,000 was a lot of money in the 1920s. Still is, as far as I'm concerned. And twice it was taken to the New York 
city court and then the New York Supreme Court, two different cases, and both times Harry Rimmer won his case. Hallelujah. The Bible has been proven inerrant in court in New York. Charles Fuller was a friend of his also. Charles Fuller founded Biola, Baptist Institute of Los Angeles, which became Fuller Theological Seminary. Fuller was a great evangelist, and Rimmer was uh, older than Fuller, and Rimmer had come to the last days of his life. And uh, I'm reading from it because sometimes you wonder where do preachers get their stories. I I know you can check all my stories now on Wikipedia. I understand that. So I'm very careful. (laughs) Every preacher should be careful. Amen. All of us should be careful to tell the truth. So I have this quote from a book. Rimmer uh, was listening to Charles Fuller, and Fuller announced on his nationwide program, the Old Fashioned Revival Hour, that he was going to preach on heaven next week. Rimmer, near death, wrote a letter to Fuller, and here's what the letter said. Dear Dr. Fuller, next Sunday you are to talk about heaven. I am interested in that land because I have held a clear title to a bit of property there for over 50 years. I did not buy it. It was given to me without money and without price. But the donor, capital D, purchased it for me at a tremendous sacrifice. I am not holding it for speculation. It is not a vacant lot for more than a half a century. I have been sending materials out of which the greatest architect of the universe has been building a home for me, which will never need remodeling or repairs will suit me perfectly because it will never grow old. Termites can never undermine its foundation, for it rests upon the rock of ages. Fire cannot destroy it. Floods cannot wash it away. No lock or bolts will ever be placed upon the doors, for no vicious person can ever enter that land where my dwelling now stands. Almost completed, almost ready for me to enter and abide in peace eternally without fear of being rejected. Then listen. It's beautiful. There's a valley of deep shadow between this place where I live now on earth and that to which I shall journey in a very short time, said Dr. Rimmer. I cannot reach my home in that city without passing through this valley, but I am not afraid because the best friend I ever had went through the same valley long, long ago, drove away all its gloom. He stuck with me through the thick and thin since we first became acquainted 55 years ago. I hold his promise in printed form, God's word never to forsake me or leave me alone. He will be with me as I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I shall not lose my way because he is with me. And he closes his letter. I hope to hear your sermon on heaven next Sunday, but I have no assurance that I shall be able to do so. My ticket to heaven has no date marked for the journey, no return ticket and no tag for baggage. Yes, Dr. Fuller, I am ready to go. I may not be here while you are talking next Sunday evening but I hope to meet you there someday. Hallelujah. We're free as a bird. And one day we'll fly away to heaven to be with him. I hope that is all of us hope deep in our heart on this first day of 2023. We're going to have an invitation. Staff will be here and others. If you want to have that assurance I believe in a God that saves folks instantaneously when they call on his name. Hallelujah. Come down front and get on your knees and ask Jesus to save you, repenting of your sins, and trust him as Savior, being born again, and get baptized next Sunday. Hallelujah. Do it for the glory of God. Or if you need to move your membership, I'll say this. Need a church home in Clarksville? Come right here if you love Jesus. 
you love Jesus, go to, go to, go to other churches also. But if you're looking for a church home, it's a church that loves the Lord and loves people. Father, bless us now as we sing this invitation. Thank you for the privilege to preach your word. Bless Brother Ronnie and Angie. They'd have a great time together. And God, may you change lives during this invitation. In Jesus' name, amen.